The nation that makes great distinction between its scholars and its warriors will have its thinking done by cowards and its fighting done by fools. Uh, this quote was a guy named, uh, by uh, the name of Thucydides. He was an Athenian and he wrote the history of the Peloponnesian War. Enter the warrior poet, the warrior philosopher, guys. I've said this before in other videos over and over and I'm, I'm saying it again now. It's not good enough just to train hard. You gotta train smart. Uh, the, I have in front of me an email that General Mattis had written uh, on the question of uh, officers, military officers that were just found themselves too busy to read. And you guys are probably like this as well and I certainly am as well. I'm so busy, I just don't have time to read. And he has this great response. He's, uh, Mattis is considered a legendary general by some. They call him the warrior monk in some circles because he travels around with a library of 6,000 books. Uh, amazing. And right now he's up running for Secretary of Defense. Um, so he, here's an excerpt. He says, The problem with being too busy to read is that you learn by experience, or by your men's experience, i.e. the hard way. By reading, you learn through others' experiences, generally a better way to do business, especially in our line of work, where the consequences of incompetence are so final for young men. So before General Mattis would go into a different area to war with or against a different culture, uh, he would be reading about the culture uh, of that place, of wars gone by, of leaders. If a leader wrote a biography, he's going to read that biography. So it's not good enough for Mattis, and it's not good enough for just warriors in general to wing it. You need to understand how your enemy thinks so that you can predict what they're going to do, how they're going to do it, and how to hit them the hardest. So uh, it uh, recalls to mind Sun Tzu in his Art of War. He says, if you know your enemy and you know yourself, you should not fear defeat even in a hundred battles. Because it's not good enough just to know how I'm going to cut an angle and what I would do and my tactics. It, we need to be able to adapt, to improvise, to an ever-changing battlefield, an ever-changing enemy that's continuing to adapt against you. The psychological element. And the person who can adapt the quickest, and Mattis even makes a um, reference to uh, survival of the fittest. Those who can adapt the fastest is his argument. Uh, so he'll, he'll go on, he says, ultimately a real understanding of history means that we face nothing new under the sun, which is really cool that he said that because now I recognize, ah, he's not just a student of history, he's a student of theology because this is a quote straight out of the Bible in Ecclesiastes by a dude named Solomon about 3,000 years ago. A real understanding of history means that there's nothing new under the sun. What a warrior poet. Uh, so then he addresses all the fourth generation of war intellectuals running around today saying, hey, the nature of war is fundamentally changed. The tactics are wholly new with drones and robots or whatever uh, thing you want to argue. He says, I must respectfully say, not really. Alexander the Great would not be in the least bit perplexed by the enemy that we face right now in Iraq. And our leaders going into this fight to do their troops a disservice by not studying, studying, not just reading, uh, the men who have gone before us. Studying means you're not reading Twilight and Harry Potter before you go to Iraq. Uh, you're studying relevant material that's going to help you be better at your job. And let me preface all this as well. This message isn't just for military guys. This is for law enforcement. This is for responsible armed citizen. 
all of us should strive as protectors and lovers of other people uh, to be wide in our knowledge and deep in our knowledge. The problem with today, it seems like everyone in the information age where we've got our phones, instant access to all the information throughout the ages, is we are a mile wide. We seem to know a little bit about a whole lot of stuff, but we're not really well read. We're satisfied with just kind of uh, type in something in Google, we see the top 10 results, maybe click on our favorite, read a few lines, and we're like, oh, well, then there it is. But, but the problem with that is you can prove anything you want to on the internet. Reading deeply uh, so that you can truly master a subject, and there you won't do a great uh, damage. Uh, so uh, I love that his knowledge of history, um, his knowledge of history drives him. History is so important. We kind of have a chip on our shoulder. C.S. Lewis would call it chronological snobbery, where we think, no, no, we figured it out, and everyone else before us was a bunch of dummies. Well, that just makes us dummies, because we're not learning from the mistakes of the past. We're reinventing the wheel in every single century. Study history. Karl Marx, for instance, uh, would write, the first real battleground is the rewriting of history. And he recognized if he wanted to change a government to what he thought was better, he needed to dislodge the nation's identity, its sense of itself. Because if you forget who you are, uh, what you were, you have no idea who you are. I think of uh, Jason Bourne in the very first Bourne Ultimatum, uh, or uh, the Bourne Identity, or Ultimatum, or whatever. They, they all started to become the same until that one with Jeremy Renner, which was awesome. And this last one, what was that? That was just kind of the same movie. <laughs> same movies, same plot. Uh, some are going to get mad about that. I don't really care. Uh, but anyway, he had uh, it, the the story starts off with him. He uh, got uh, amnesia, had no idea who he was, and so he's just kind of wandering aimlessly. If you don't know your past, you don't know who you are in the present. The history is so important uh, that uh, in George Orwell's 1984, he re he this is a quote from it: "Is those who control the past, they control the future." And those who control the present control the past. That's really, really uh, scary in a time of such historical revisionism where we're really wrestling about who were we as a nation. Um, and, and, and that matters a great deal uh, in our past. And some people will say, hey, it's not really relevant. The, the founders are not relevant for today. Let's change it. Let's experiment. Let's figure out a different form of government. And thus falls the republic. Uh, let's go. Uh, let's go on. Uh, Mattis goes on and says, "Winging it and filling bo uh, body bags as we sort out what works remind us of the moral dictates and the cost of incompetence in our profession. Warriors with the stakes so high, we must be very, very broad in our knowledge and very deep because lives hang in the balance. Uh, a, a daddy doesn't go home to his little." kids and his loving wife because you were stupid and lazy and you didn't read and learn from the experiences of others. So uh, General Mattis also said, I never got caught flat-footed because everything that he encountered, however new it seemed to someone else, he could recall, oh yeah, in this war 2,800 years ago, they did something similar and they responded like this. This would be better. And on the fly, he's able to improvise. He says, uh, in, in a different thing, it's not in this article, but he says if he was going to describe a battlefield in three words, he's going to say um, improvisation, improvisation, improvisation is the three top things that you have to be able to do. And that's really in special operations as well. Those guys are smart dudes who are able to adapt quickly 
to adapt uh, to a changing battlefield. That's where they make their money. It's not because they're the fastest runners or the strongest dudes that can Hulk smash things. Not even the best shooters necessarily. Uh, so, man, this is quite a rant. What what I want you guys is warrior poets, as warrior philosophers or scholars. And now let me go ahead and put a little caveat here. I've not arrived. I'm 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 just a. Uh, I'm studying, and really, frankly, I'm overwhelmed by how much I don't know as I'm constantly failing forward, trying to study, trying to learn as fast as I can. And so whenever, when somebody uh, gives me a book of like, oh, have you read this? I'm like, no. Uh, oh, you've got to read that. That's amazing. That'll change your life. And, and my soul just kind of twists like, oh, I need to read that too. I'm overwhelmed with how much I don't know. So, no, I'm not a scholar or anything else, but I'm pressing my way in that direction. One book at a time uh, so that I can fight smarter, not just harder, right? So what I'd like to do now is just kind of throw a bunch of books at you. This is a little sample of my books, tiny little collection that I wanted to bring to work with me. And I've got more books at home and then boxes in my attic. So uh, books have been my great friends. And if my house was burning down, I would leave some guns to the flames and I would go in and grab my favorite key books that are all underlined just the right way because they're my great, great friends that I'm so indebted to. So I'm not pulling these off as like most important and indebted. I'm just randomly pulling books. So here we go. Um, Art of War by Sun Tzu. Read this a few times. Uh, Fighting Smarter. This is more modern by Tom Givens. Really, really cool book. Uh, this is older. Machiavelli, The Prince. David McCullough, 1776. Colonel John Boyd. Uh, anybody in law enforcement has heard of Boyd's OODA loop. It's kind of the basis for everything we teach at Taloric Group. John Boyd and Boyd's OODA loop. Really cool. Um, the Tactical Trainer by, uh, and there's also Leadership, one by Paul Howe. I've read his books. I love Paul Howe. He's more of a modern guy. He's still around, and I hope to meet him one day. Uh, so uh, let's see. There's some more stuff. On Combat and On Killing by Dave Grossman. These are really good. Uh, let's see, some uh, other stuff that's not really war and history as much. C.S. Lewis, very, very important guy who helped shape how I think in terms of philosophy. Guys, in my humble estimation, there's two questions that haunt mankind. It's the most important, and everything else is built upon these questions. Who is God, and who is man? And that's theology and that's philosophy. This is a 20th century philosopher, very, very famous. If y'all know uh, the line, Witch in the Wardrobe, he wrote this for kids. It's a seven book trilogy, or a, a seven book trilogy. I mean, it told you I wasn't a scholar. <laughs> ah. In every video now, I'm saying something dumb and looking up and saying, ah, I'm an idiot. He wrote a seven book uh, fictional journey called the Chronicles of Narnia, which I really love. Uh, but anyway, I've, I think I've read 27 of C.S. Lewis's books. And where I left off with Lewis, uh, Francis Schaeffer picked me up. And Schaeffer's amazing because he really combines philosophy, the arts, history, and blends it all together so we can synthesize us. In our day, we, because we're in the information age and we can just access Google and type something in, we'll, we'll read a couple little things, think we understand the subject, and really we don't because it's not just about finding the knowledge, it's being able to synthesize those into a holistic worldview that you can live by and that you really believe is true. Not true for you, not true for someone else, but is true 
is real truth in general. And that's the business of philosophy. What else? Uh, Gibbon's history of the fall and decline of the Roman Empire. There's more C.S. Lewis stuff. Since we're kind of covering a, a wide categories of, hey, I, I want us to be studied in the arts, in uh, history, in philosophy, in theology. Oh, theology. My great love, theology, and her handmaiden, philosophy. Theology, I highly recommend this girl. Uh, don't be intimidated by the size. This is Wayne Grudem's Systematic Theology. And man, I adore this book. I adore this book. These, these books are things that make me who I am. Uh, oh, definitely got to uh, put my heavy hitter in there. I trade them all in for this one, the Bible. Uh, and some of you are like, come on, man, don't do that. I'm like, no, seriously, legit. This is uh, overseas. In each combat deployment, I'm reading this guy cover to cover. And if I could only bring one, everything I need for warrior mindset, for history, even got tactics and situational awareness stuff in there, uh, inspirational stories of the past. Let me see what else. Uh, let's see, we did philosophy, theology, history, um, the arts, some other stuff. If anybody is more uh, scientifically inclined, and especially if you're going to uh, fight me on Bible, like, hey, you say that, and this is fairy tales, and you're an idiot. Here's some Jesus-loving PhDs. Uh, Francis Collins, an amazingly high-respected, I think he's um, leader of the Human Genome Product, or no, it's the National Institute of Health. Uh, so I mean, you can't get how you can't be like this guy's an idiot. Or and uh, also Dr. Michael Behe, uh, or Behe, however you want to say it. I've got tons of different scientists who believe in the intellectual presuppositions of the Christian worldview, and they're some of the smartest men alive in the scientific circles. A lot of people have dismissed Christianity and Bible uh, because they haven't really heard a good argument for it. Don't be that person. I think of G.K. Chesterton. He says. Uh, the problem with Christianity is not that it's been tried and found wanting or lacking. It's that it's been found difficult and left untried. Uh, and uh, I'd say the same thing for arguing against it. You guys haven't really had a good chess match and understood uh, in some of the cases the real logical uh, presuppositions of why. There's good answers for your question. Now, don't blow up in the comment and you give me some dissertation knowing that I'm always about 200 comments behind on my YouTube so please don't blow me up on that if you want to ask one question or throw one thing against me and, and keep in mind if you're not Christian and you hate Bible I could still like you and we'll get along just fine so be nice I'll be nice back one little statement and let me respond and if you want to do something bigger do it in an email but don't be surprised if it take the longer it is the less likely I am to respond quickly I have a job uh, a lot of comments so um, and I love kind of interacting with you guys and comments so when y'all say stuff and give me feedback and a lot of what you guys put on uh, the comments drive what issues I'm like this one I've been asked to do this subject over and over so guys you know I'm closing now <laughs> it's not good enough just to train hard train smart okay see ya